This hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast for creators of any variety. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. And I'm joined today by a girlfriend of the show, Justina Sparling. Hey! And uh, we're going to do a little comedy shop talk today and just chat and talk about various things going on in our lives. And um, we've got some, ex- well, I, I mentioned the new, exciting news last week uh, that Justina was added to a team at the Magnet Theater on Megawatt. That's just the, the name that they give the house teams. There's Musical Megawatt and there's Regular Megawatt. And uh, Regular is on Wednesday nights. And Justina had her first show with the team this week. Uh, just a couple days ago, because she was out of town last week when the season started. But um, Justina, congrats for one. I know a lot of people are excited and happy for you. And also, what did that first show feel like doing? Like I, I saw the show and you were great. Um, but aside from like you know whether or not you felt like it went great, I just mean what did the sh- doing the show would would being on megawatt feel like for you for the first time um it was really nice i was really grateful i don't know i think the biggest feeling i had was just gratitude and like being able to be up there and perform and knowing that that's something that i really wanted and being able to do that made me very grateful for the opportunity and it was very exciting for me Mm -hmm. and i was happy that you were there and bright my sister was there to see it so that was important to me mm-hmm. and what else can i say it was great yeah it was a it's a the first night of the season is always exciting the second night um the audience is more just like your typical megawatt audience to a certain degree but there's a little extra excitement uh because you were having your first show with them but then also you all already have a team name so there's a an additional excitement for that um, someone else, uh, Alex Kornfeld, when I told him that you all had a team name, he said, wow, I think that's the fastest that's ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's some be. people on our team who are very gung-ho about getting shit done, and so they yeah. got that down. Yep. Um, team, getting a, a team name and, you know, picking music for the team and, and just things like that can be a real pain, and it can take forever because it's just like, you know, anyone listening, you're either on a team yourself or you work in an office. You know what that's like when everyone's just kind of taking their pretty little time or everyone wants to stay in the brainstorming process. Like, it, it's not necessarily always efficient. And people are just, like, throwing out a bunch of ideas for forever. And it for it to have happened so quickly is pretty good. I mean, obviously, it doesn't need to be rushed, but, I mean it's also great to have it done and then have an identity early on. Yes. Um, your, your 
placeholder team name was Ashley. Mm-hmm. And there were two new teams. Yes. Mary Kate and Ashley were the yes. two names. So that was nice. I wonder how uh, Bianca, the new Megawatt director, will approach that in the future. Uh, previous Megawatt director, Hannah Chase, she just she used uh, uh, cheeses. She's found cheeses. And uh, <laughs> we were Pecorino. Sweetheart was Pecorino at first. But that's a really smart way to do it when you have to come up with names because then you never have to think about it. You just have a list of cheeses or or whatever, flowers, whatever. And then you just say, like, all right, you know, that one's (laughs) – this is that one. Uh, So it was real smart. Um, I had uh, a show that night as well because my team got renewed. And, um, you know, I'll be transparent. I did not perform well. I I hated my performance. The first performance in a while, that. yeah, because I was at ten fifteen. Um, like, you're at seven, <laughs> and yeah. I was at ten fifteen, uh, as I was the fourth hour. But um, you know, it's nothing against my team. It's all me. It, I just felt like I wasn't in the right headspace, and I wasn't focusing um, the way I needed to. But also, I had like, and this can be the death of an improviser is to go into a show with um, certain challenges for yourself. Like I, I want to work on this. I want to work on that. I want to do, make sure I do this or that. Well, you know, and I don't mean coming up with ideas for scenes. I mean, uh, a skill set stuff, sort of technique stuff of like, I want to make sure that I, uh, you could th- say like, oh, I want to do good object work or, or whatever. And um, the thing about that is, once once the scene starts, once you walk out, the scene may not present whatever right. challenge you have right, that right, you right. want to work on. So once, oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. So like you get in there and you're you're focusing on like, oh, I want to do this, and then that scene doesn't present that opportunity. And now you've missed what the scene was presenting (laughs) an opportunity for. Yeah. And you end up kind of like eating shit. And I ate a lot of shit, I felt like, that night. I mean, and plus, like, (laughs) Body Work, which is such an amazing team, was also on that hour. And I I just loved them so much. And I was like, boy, I hate that I sucked in front of them. Oh, I know, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just, why did it have to happen in front of anyone, but especially them? No, I know. Um, And then, of course, they go out and they do a killer set. And it reminded me of when I bought a guitar, my second guitar, when I was in college and stupidly bought this guitar. I I still was learning how to play guitar. And uh, I didn't have a need for this second guitar. And I just bought it because I, I just wanted a smaller guitar or something and uh the guy who owned the place was working the register and he's like oh yeah this is a nice guitar and he starts like playing it and he's obviously a good player because he owns a guitar store and uh he starts like doing all this dazzling stuff with the guitar and then i take it home and of course i can't do that and it's like well it's not the guitar's fault that's what it felt like watching body work where i was like Oh, they're immediately doing a good job, of, which is the opposite of what I was doing. And it's not the audience's fault. And it's not the stage's fault. That was totally just me. Because <laughs> you can get laughs from this crowd, which I was not. But my teammates were, and that's what's more important. Uh, the team having it, a good yeah, show yeah. is more important than like getting laughs, per se. But 
uh, you know, you have shows like that. Yeah, you do, and you move on. Yeah. So it's way worse in your memory than it actually was. That's always how it is in life and improv shows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, I was walking down, and this is just one of my favorite things to do after a show is to, like, going back home, going to the, uh, the train, uh, walking down 7th Avenue and towards Madison Square Garden. Uh, it's just a really, it's one of my favorite spots just because it's such a New York looking <laughs> spot. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, I'm here and I'm performing. But I was with uh, Lewis and Alex Kornfeld and um, Alex is a teammate and Lewis is our coach. And Jonathan Fuchs was also walking with us. And uh, Jonathan Point was like, oh, this scene was a lot of fun. It was a scene I was in. And I was like, yeah, it was. You know, so it was nice to be like, especially to be on Seventh Avenue. But it was just nice that someone else who was in the show with me was like, "This was good." Yeah. And you know, and I was like, "Yeah, it was." And I'm just maybe being too hard on myself. You don't want to um, binge on negativity, like you say I do. That's right. As you chug your wine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She's not chugging wine right now. She's just sipping. We're sipping today, y'all. Sipping wine uh, during the show, which I don't think we've done. You and yeah, I. Yeah, we do. On the podcast? Mm-hmm, for sure. Oh. I felt like when uh, Xavier was on and we had bourbon, it was the first time. Mm-mm. Well, I guess all that alcohol killed those brain cells. Yes. And that's why I forgot. But either way, uh, we're checking. No, we're not. Okay, uh, next topic. Enough about shows. Uh, but still on Megawatt, what are you looking forward to being on a Megawatt team? Um, I see this changing just because um, weekly commitments wear, <laughs> wear you out after a while. But I am looking forward to having a rehearsal and a show every single week. I think that will make me better at improv. And I think it will um, make me better at performing with these people, seeing them every week and performing with them every week. And rehearsing with them every week and I'm I want to be better at improv you know mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to I don't know it's just kind of nice to tell people you're on a house team you yeah. know you know it's kind of nice like if someone visits you mm-hmm. can be like oh I'm performing on Wednesday night and they can come to your show you know oh yeah at the theater mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know I I um, don't think this is a good thing about me but like I didn't invite people to student shows not because I was embarrassed but I just didn't think they would understand like <laughs> the difference like, between like a yeah I thought they would be like what is Justina doing you know yeah and so it's nice for me to have a real uh, in quotation marks a real performance like a student show is a real performance as well like I get that mm-hmm. you know I'm just saying like I'm I'm just very happy to be on the main stage yeah like when our friend larry came um from back home uh, he and his wife he was saying to us uh you know about getting on a megawatt team he was like that's that's really cool you know that's that's a good thing so um i mean magnet i'm biased but i just think magnet's one of the greatest theaters in the country and we are really lucky to be able to perform on that stage, which I think is an amazing stage, but so many amazing people have graced that stage, and uh, it's a real honor. So I'm, you know, I'm with you. I still feel that way six months in. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll ever get jaded and be like, oh yeah, it's yeah. just another thing. Uh, 
the auditioning process I've talked about a lot with you and, and friends of ours because that's a, a recent thing that's gone on. Uh, and you had a similar experience in auditioning as I did, whereas the, uh, for people who don't know, the way getting cast on a, an improv, a house team, at Magnet at least, is you have an audition and then there are callbacks and then you get added to a team. And then two days later, three days later, you do your first show. <laughs> um, but uh, I, my audition, I was, I just thought I did okay. I didn't think I did that well. I didn't really think I had a, a good chance of getting a callback. And then I did, which was you were you had this, a similar experience where you're like, oh, I did fine. I you know wanted to do a little better. Um, and then you got a callback, and you were as I was like, oh wow, that happened. Yes, um, I think that my auditioning this time, this is the second time I had auditioned for Megawatt, was similar to the first time I auditioned for Megawatt. I was very, very nervous. Um, the benefit this time was in my audition group. I knew more people in my audition group than the last time, and that was a benefit for me. Mm -hmm. I just felt more comfortable because I was there with my friends. Mm -hmm. And how were your callbacks? How did you feel about your callback? I felt better about the callbacks than I did about the audition. As I did as well. <laughs> Because I was, I think probably because I, I don't know why exactly, but I think I was like, at least I got a call back. Yeah, know? that was probably it. Because that's how, yeah. I think that's what it was for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there were a lot more people in my callback group that I knew than in my audition group, even mm -hmm. though I knew a few, quite a few people in my audition group. It was in the callback, I knew pretty much everybody. Yeah, which helps. I think that's some of it. Going into auditions... Going to the first night of auditions, yeah. um, you don't know what to expect. And then going into your callback, you're like, well, I got it. I, you know, even though I, whether I was surprised or not, like I'm here and I know how it goes. Oh, and there are all these friends of mine here or people I'm at least familiar with. So it, I think a lot of the anxiety that is taken into uh, the auditions yeah. is kind of dealt with by the time callbacks because you've already done yeah. it and it's like and you already realize oh this yeah, isn't i agree with that yeah because it feels like a, a class mm -hmm. it feels way more like uh just a class setting than <laughs> an audition setting yeah yeah um auditions for uh <laughs> it's funny i went on an, an audition for a commercial yesterday and there are a bunch of magnet people there yeah and, you know like someone else i knew from uh improv but he's not a magnet person but he's really great um you saw him he was in uh fake church yes oh, oh I jeff's love fake so church. so funny yeah fake church is great but jeff's so so funny he was auditioning for the same thing because like we're all getting the same call <laughs> and so we're all just like Going in, you just see a bunch of friends there. I saw like other megawatt people there, and um, you know, it just kind of like, all right, whatever, we're all just here. <laughs> Maybe one of us will get it. It'll be good. Um, <laughs> I didn't have that experience at all when I was back in South Carolina and going to auditions. I never knew anyone else, um, except for once a guy I went to college with was at the audition. Um, isn't that funny? Yeah. How in New York you see more people you know in auditions than <laughs> yeah. in South Carolina. Right. Yeah. It's, crazy. Uh, it's especially at this particular. Whenever it's um, uh, something that I 
hear about through Magnet, then there's always like... Well, yeah, that makes sense. Then, of course, it's... Three or four people. Yeah. But the other auditions I've been to... um, and it's they're all so weird and they're all so different from each other and you never know what to do and it's just like all right that took four minutes of my right. day and now I'm done. <laughs> like right. the thing I spent all this time like thinking about and trying to prepare for and it's four minutes and done and I don't get another take. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. You know, but then stuff happened. But that's another thing. Like uh, I've auditioned for commercials where I was like, well, I really crap the bed on that and then uh got it yeah i know so <laughs> um you just never know well, i literally took a crap in my megawatt audition and i got it so mm-hmm. you never know well bold mm-hmm. people like bold choices. choices um my sphinx commercial was like that mm-hmm. i was like i took a literal crap mm-hmm. and they liked it <laughs> no um well, that's enough of uh, auditioning and improv stuff. Let's move on to a new topic. So there are a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of criticism that's gone to certain social media accounts. Uh, ones like Fat Jew or what's that, that's his name, right? The Fat the Jew. The Fat Jew, I think. Yeah. It's such a hard name to say without feeling like you're being racist or anti-Semitic. Um, and now fuck Jerry. Yeah, and then and and yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But there are also people who do this in a small way as well, where they basically are curating comedy on social media, where they're just finding stuff that other people, funny things that other people did and posting it without attribution. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there is a clear ethical issue when it's someone making money off of it, like Fuck Jerry or the Fat Jew. Right. Um, and... Also kind of interesting that uh, when it comes to, to the fat Jew, like fuck Jerry was at least a media company. Like they, they were, they had a product they were doing outside of their social right. media. I have no idea what the fat Jew does, but he, for some reason got a lot of clout and, and million dollar deals for different things. It's like, but what does he do? Right. He doesn't have a product that he's selling or a service that he's selling. And here he is like stealing people's jokes and not attributing them. And I, I, so that's, that's really strange, but it's obviously wrong. If someone's like stealing material and, and then putting themselves in a position to make millions of dollars, having stolen a bunch of material. But I just can't wrap my brain around this concept of somebody basically trying to get their raise their own status or get a bunch of followers by doing that sort of stuff. And that's, I mean, that's most of them are not making money. Most of them are just doing it anonymously. Essentially, they have like a, not a real name and not a real picture. You don't know who's behind the account. They have thousands. Of follow, thousands and thousands of followers, and they're—it's just like, but why are you doing this? <laughs> I, if you're I, not making money, if you're not making money, but you know, and if their if their goal is just like just to get followers and likes, like I just don't understand. I don't know, like some of the Instagram, like I get it. Yeah, you're right, and I'm I'm just adding to that, like the Instagrams that I follow, like some of the funnier ones that I follow, like mm-hmm. I love so much. Like I can tell that they're being run by a younger person, 
you know what I mean? Like, probably much younger than me, but I like the stuff that they post, Mm -hmm. which sometimes is credited, sometimes is not. Mm -hmm. But to a younger person, I think, yeah, they only care about followers. I think that is mainly what they care about, you know? But there's, like, some random... um, sponsored in quotation marks mm-hmm. posts that i see on those oh, also, so they you know they kind of are making money then. yeah ah that's it maybe not all of them but yeah some of them i so and i don't want to just like paint a broad brush and say they're all wrong um there's certain things that have themes that i like um deuterata memes that's, oh, that's um, funny. Well, that's PD and Shama, our friends oh, from back home. Oh, I didn't home. know they did that. That's um, so funny. And they have a bunch of followers, and but they are writing the content, mm-hmm. and some people submit stuff, and mm. and they attribute, you know. But the whole point is, they're they're like Christian culture jokes. Right. There are right. a couple of guys in the Christian culture. They're recognized. They're aware of what's funny. Right. About like youth pastors or whatever yes and they're making jokes about it and that's number one they're writing a lot of the material but also like there is a specific theme and you're not finding that anywhere else they're not just like posting random jokes that they saw right um they are actually saying like do you want this kind of thing well here you know and it's just a fun thing for us to do and another thing similar to that are like Accounts like Retriever Puppies. Yeah. Where it's someone finding a bunch of Retriever Puppy pics and videos. Right. But they also attribute, but it's also like, I feel like that's a service that that you're probably... I like to go on Instagram and look at videos of puppies, and it's easier when I can go to just this one account and see it. Right, right. So that, to me, makes sense. And then they attribute the puppy and or, or the dog's <laughs> account and so you can go to that account and, and follow, follow them yeah uh, or like we rate dogs is another yes, one yes where that one's another one where it's just like hey uh we want to celebrate all the dogs out there and <laughs> this video the pictures of your dog doing something and we'll yes. share it and we'll tell people about your dog like that to me, I'm totally fine with because it's a clear sort of thing they're doing, and they're they're being above board and transparent. Um, and they will get money. Like a lot of the dog accounts, they get free stuff, right? Um, because especially if they get a bunch of followers, then they just start getting a bunch of free stuff, and ultimately that's just good for the dog. Yeah, <laughs> it helps out the family, but it's good for the dog. So you know, I don't have a problem with any of that. But I do have a major problem when it's, I see, you go to the feed, um, like the search feed, and you see the same thing that a bunch of different people are just reposting. Right. And they're not attributing where it's from at all. Yeah, and that's frustrating, especially because, like, it's just, like, not exactly like this, but if you hear a song and you're like, who wrote this song? Because I'm interested in their music. Mm -hmm. I yeah. don't want to hear more about this specific voice, you know? Right. And yeah, it's just like that. I never joke. want to like it when it's the person who just reposted it. Yeah, without crediting. Uh, either or. Mm. Like, especially if they don't credit it. But if they did credit it, then I go to that account and I like it. Yeah. I find their, their post of and I like it. Because I think they deserve the credit. I don't want to like you know them get lost in it because that happens a lot uh and if you know if they have a bunch of content i like then there was somebody who some artist 
who I think he paints a bunch of superhero stuff and some random superhero account uh, shared it. And I went to that artist and I liked the post and then I followed that artist. Right. Because, um, you know, that to me is helping the artist. Yes. Not liking something they had nothing to do with. Right. But I think that if they get credit and you're liking the post where they were given credit, it still likes for them. Sure. Sure. Because you know, you're enhancing that post, mm-hmm. and that means more people are going to see that post where they were given credit. Yeah, that is. So it's not all bad, but I still want to like it for them. Yeah. Because then they can um, take that somewhere and say, "Hey, I have X amount of followers and this amount of engagements with my yes. posts directly," and they can't really read the other ones as as easily, right? Um, since it's not theirs. Final topic. Yes. So it's March Madness. Yes. And last year, not during March, but after March, I did a bracket. Um, I guess it was in May. Yes, I think it was. <laughs> I think I called it May Madness. Uh, and uh, that was for comedy duos. And it took a lot of time because there were a lot of comedy duos I knew, but a lot that I didn't know. And I had to sort of educate myself to seed these the bracket properly. And I do want to do another bracket this year. And I have some ideas. Uh, and and we're, we're coming up on May, so I might as well think of this now. So I wrote down five different ideas uh, over the last year. One is sketch show. That could okay. be a topic. Uh, or, you know, the bracket theme. Another was comedy movies. And then another was sitcoms. And stand-ups. Well, that would be as difficult as comedy duos. And uh, late night show hosts. Interesting. Can I look at that list? It's easier for me to see them here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel like late night show hosts. Like, I know there's a lot more than I think there are. Mm-hmm. I still don't think there's enough to do this. Stand-ups, I think, is a great one. I think you should definitely consider doing that one. (laughs) Sitcoms, I think, is a great one. You should definitely consider doing Mm. that one. Comedy movies, for sure. Sketch show, I don't think you should do sketch shows. I think you should do sketches. Because there are some golden sketches that stand out, you know, Mm -hmm. from Monty Python to SNL to... Mm Um, the state or yeah 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 what's that one that the guy um, the blue man from Tobias what what show is he in oh that was um, uh, uh, I want to say the wrong name uh, on and the a- audition sketch that's the funniest right, sketch of right. all time um, that was Mr. Show and they're yes. on Netflix as like Bob and Dave or something you know uh, like yes. it's just their names it's the um, same people. It's even the same writers, like Scott oh, Ackerman and everything. Yeah, like it's the same people. Mr. They just can't Show, call it Mr. Show. Right. They can't call it Mr. Show, but it's essentially Mr. Show. Um, yeah, I would think you could do sketches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's hundreds, if not thousands, of sketches out there, but I think there are some ones that that you could limit it to. Be, or maybe sketches from the 80s, sketches from the 90s, sketches from the 2000s, you know? Huh. Hmm. 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 That is an interesting approach, and there are enough. Because you couldn't do enough sketch shows because they're like 10. Right. <laughs> I think there are enough. I, I don't. I am fine if there. If I only think of like 16 and do a bracket from that and yeah. don't do it as like <laughs> 32 like I did last year. Because um, <laughs> that was just so many people. Um, 
to go through. So I, I would, I kind of liked it. It was like, oh yes, late night show hosts because I can rattle off a bunch. You know what you could do? Hmm? I don't know if you'd like this, um, but like show hosts and like, you know, um, um, Bob Barker could be on mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And I see what you're saying. Alex Trebek and Oprah, who would win. Yeah. But you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just think that might be fun. But let's do comedy, though. Mm-hmm, comedy mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. host. I get you, I get you, I get you, I get you. But Oprah would win. Um, yeah. Ellen might be, uh, unless she's in the same division, she could be in the championship against right. Oprah. I could see that. Um yeah, see, I'm already starting to think about all the different hosts that exist. Like, like late night hosts. And I don't mean late night the show, I just mean like talk show hosts. Right. Um, also, if I were to do that... I guess you could do like Jordan Schlansky and Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart, technically. Would those fit in with those? Not Jordan Schlansky. Oh, do you mean Jordan Klepper? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Jordan Schlansky? He's the guy who works at Conan. Yeah. <laughs> the, producer. the producer, and they don't know really what he does. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could do Jordan Klepper and uh, obviously John Stewart and um, Craig Kilborn. Right. And Trevor Noah. And. Uh, Who's the Scottish guy that we used Craig to? Craig Ferguson? Yeah, Craig Ferguson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and then. Now, I wonder, and probably not, but. Nah, because he's not comedy. Also, like, guess what? You could say totally Tom Snyder, do late night but... show hosts. I'm kind of thinking of like currently, but oh, like overall, there's plenty. Almost currently, <laughs> there's so many currently. But you're right. Like overall, like if you go back to Steve Allen, yeah, yeah, then you there's can. There, there are tons. Yeah, disregard me saying there's not enough. There um, are enough. Yeah, and I probably still could. You could probably still find thirty two. Um. Even though I want to think I would only find like 20. Uh, you probably could find 32 when you go back that far. Well, we'll see. We will see what happens. Um, my my brain is really excited about late night show hosts. Oh, but, I know. Because um, I just I watched it so much. The question is, should we count Larry Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fictional host. Well, that was today's episode. Um, the other announcement, I'm just going to take a spring break. Give it a couple of weeks. Because I have a lot of people that have said yes to being on the podcast. People I'm excited about having on. It's just like finding a time to interview them. Spring break. So we're going on spring break. Uh, yeah. A uh, couple of weeks. Uh, which, I don't know, two, three weeks. Because <laughs> a real spring break is a, a week. Yes. But I'm going to take a week off. <laughs> <laughs> a week off is, means nothing in you the podcast world. You should take a week of episodes off, so take off seven <laughs> weeks. Seven weeks, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, that'd be so long. I'd feel so weird if I took that long off, intentionally. Uh, I, I mean, I, if I, my computer goes down and I take seven weeks mm. off, then fine. But What, well, was that a fall break? When did that happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Justina. I live here. That's true. <laughs> But you're welcome. Um, and uh, congrats again. Thank you. For being on a team. And it's uh, Heavy Hitters' previous guest, Lorena Rusi, on, on I know, your team. I'm so excited to be on a team with her. I can't believe I'm on a team with her. 
She's amazing. She's like a superstar. I mean, I can't believe <laughs> She that. is, yeah. Yeah, and you have a superstar coach. Yes. Yeah, Phoebe, mm-hmm. is it Tires? Is that how you pronounce her last name? I'm not sure how. I think it's Tires. Um, and uh, we've seen her a bunch, and I've heard people talk about her a bunch, but I've heard two different pronunciations for her last name, and I've never officially met her to get the correct last name pronunciation. But uh, she's, she's great. Uh, she's a really great improviser, but she's also, from what I understand, a really great coach. So you all are in very good hands. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back. You can just follow us on, of course, Facebook and Twitter, at There It Is Pod, and find out when our next episodes are coming back, and about the bracket that we are going to go with. Uh, Just keep following us. I'll try to post some things. Maybe what I'll do is I will um, retweet a bunch of people from the There It Is Pod Twitter account, but they'll get, you know, attribution because I'm retweeting. I'll just curate it. That's that's what the latest pod Twitter account will be. <laughs> Funny things on Twitter. Well, until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. 